Good morning and welcome to Faithbrook and a special happy Father's Day to all those dads out there. My name is Josh Friesen and I'm one of the volunteer hosts here at Faithbrook. And whether you're joining us in person or online, we are so thankful and excited you've joined us for worship today. If you're newer here, we would love to invite you to join our discovery class today. It's happening right here in the worship center just a few minutes after the service. It is a great time to learn a little bit more about Faithbrook and why we do the things we do. Also, you'll have the chance to meet Pastor Jim, a few staff members, and get any questions answered that you may have. Well, it's the middle of June, and you know what that means. Summer schedules are filling up fast, so I want to make sure everyone knows that they're invited to our district family camp coming up in August. It's August 10th to the 13th at Lake Geneva Christian Center in Alexandria. It is a great time for people of all ages. And registration launches a little bit later this week. So check out the Church Center app if you want to sign up or go to our website under events. The family camp is a great opportunity to live Faithbrook's values, to love God, love people, and journey together. Well, in just a second, we're going to welcome our lead pastor, Jim Comfort, and a couple of special guests as we continue our series, Here, Near, and Far. Well, welcome to Faithbrook this morning. I am uh, Jim, and we're so glad to have you today. Maybe you're watching online, or this is your first, second time at Faithbrook, especially uh, greetings to you, this is Father's Day, right? If you can look at, to, to find some father around you and tell them Happy Father's Day. Would you do that? Find that guy. Happy Father's Day. On your way out, there's going to be a sweet treat for you. Pick up your box of candy. We just want to give you a little gift to honor you. Well, we are in a series called Here, Near, and Far. It really comes from the heart of Christ out of Acts 1.8, he knew that our world would be broken. It would need some help. And uh, so he said, when the Holy Spirit comes on you, you are going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, even to the ends of the earth. And if you claim to be a Christ follower, then he's counting on you and us to be his witnesses right here in your home, in your, in your near area. Uh, maybe in different areas, all the way to around the the world. And so we've been focusing on that this month. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about being a witness personally, and then how could we be a witness corporately. And this Sunday is kind of focused on being a witness to uh, someplace nearby. Well, we're fortunate enough to have a couple with us today that has a dream and a vision to be Christ's witnesses in the town of Waconia. We're going to get to a little bit. They're going to share a little bit about their heart and their dream to start a new church, a church of the Nazarene in Waconia, Minnesota. But first, I want to introduce them. Uh, Dee and Amanda McDonald have been high school sweethearts, uh, and they've been married for 16 years. They have three beautiful children. Uh, there is Maddie and then Elle and then Maylee. They're with us here today. Welcome to Faithbrook. So glad that you are here. Uh, Amanda and Dee are, have had their career in higher education, especially Christian education. Dee earned his Bachelor of Science in Social Science Education 
at Olivet Nazarene University, just south of Chicago, also received a Master's of Business Administration from there also. And just recently, he earned his PhD in Organizational Leadership from Southeastern University, and now he is the President of Enrollment at Crown College, just west of us, uh, near Waconia. He has served in many different universities in different capacities on faculty and administration. Also, um, his wife, Amanda, she has earned two master's degree, and also she has shared her skills as on staff at Crown College in different areas um, on campus and off of campus. Uh, she even is an avid um, tennis player and coaches the tennis team there at Crown College. And it's so good to have them because God, while being here in Minnesota for the last couple of years, they just felt like God wanted to add something on to the, more to the responsibility, and that is starting a church of all things. And they have felt, fallen in love with their town of Waconia. And they're part of our district, uh, the Prairie Lake District. And the mission of the Prairie Lake District is to start churches, strengthen churches, and develop leaders. And uh, being part of that district, Faithbrook has just kind of felt like, hey, we want to help this young um, vision of a church in Waconia come to life. And so this year, we just dedicated ourselves to sponsoring them and loving them and encouraging them. We'll be walking with them for the next couple of years as they see what God can do uh, through their heart and their willingness to start something special. So I want to welcome them to the stage. Would you give them a warm Faithbrook welcome this morning? Well, um, we lived up here in Minnesota once before, uh, before we were in Florida at Southeast University. We were there for five years, but we actually lived up here in Champlin, very close by. So uh, when we were up here before, we had the, let's call it a missionary journey. Uh, we uh, didn't really know anybody up here, and we were trying to, like a lot of people that move into areas, we were trying to find a church. We had just come out of a church that we had spent the last 15 years at. We were both on the board. We had poured our heart and soul into it, but we also loved every minute of it. Not just the worship, but the pastor was the pastor who married us. Um, we were connected, and then we moved to Minnesota, away from Illinois in the Chicago area, and we don't know a soul. And so when you're looking for a church, uh, we had the conversation of, you know, do you sit back and do we just... Um, slip into church, get fed, slip out. Um, of course, uh, that was initially my, um, I'll, I'll take the blame there. That was initially my prerogative there. Um, but uh, Amanda, uh, my lovely wife, who's usually a great source of wisdom uh, for me and for us, was like, no, we're going to go to a church. We need to get plugged in. We need to connect. We need to be able to be, really be a part of it. And so we went to a couple different churches, and we ended up uh, attending a church called Riverway in Champlin that was a church plant that met in Champ Park High School. And uh, I think that was an initial seed that God planted, um, that we were there for about two years. And there was something, an experience that we saw people coming to church that, um, that maybe would never darken the door of a church uh, because... It was at a school, it was less intimidating, it was 
they use a lot of different sayings about, you know, you're, no perfect people allowed and different things like that. Um, but it, it kind of stirred something in our hearts and our minds uh, as to what maybe uh, God was doing. And it was so different than we had experienced because we had been in a church, you know, very structured, you know, youth group, uh, athletic ministries, different things like that. But it was very, very different. And, and it really sparked something in us. And I think it cultivated that, that flame a little bit, or the spark um, initially. And then we moved back to Florida and uh, knew where we were going to church when we moved there, because there's a great Nazarene church in that area. Um, but then as we started to, as this opportunity in uh, Minnesota started to uh, come about, it was something that uh, began to spark again and kind of take me back to that experience we had here. Um, that was my experience. I'll let Amanda tell you a little bit about her experience, which was a little bit different. Yeah, as Dee started sharing with me that God had been placing on his heart, like, maybe we should start a church or maybe we should plant a church. And I was like, I think you're hearing God completely wrong. Like, that is not right. And it's definitely not going to be in Minnesota because it's cold there. Like, we're really going back to Minnesota? And uh, so I, I faced this with resistance. I was like, ugh, not us. I... Somebody else, right? They're, isn't there somebody else? Um, but clearly we, we heard from the Lord and he said, no, it's you. So uh, one, one of the Sundays, like God's timing is always perfect. So when Amanda expressed that to me, I backed off and I was like, okay, like we can't do this. One of us can't do this. Like this isn't about us anyways. If I feel like that's a call, I've got to let God work on Amanda and get her to that point too, because we've got to do this together if that's what he's calling us to do. So uh, during that time, uh, our, our pastor at church in Florida was going through a sermon series called Audacious. Um, if you know anything about audaciousness, it is maybe border, it's very bold, but borderline crazy, right? Uh, and so that's what he was talking about. Uh, in, in their community, they were also talking about here, near, and far as well. What does it look like in our community? What does it look like in that area? What does it look like globally? How do they impact as well? So, um, you know, this is something that, that has really been, we've been connecting with for, for, for a little while now. And he was talking about that audacious piece. And I remember I, I got a call from Amanda. Elle and I were on the way home from a baseball tournament. We had an early game and we had lost and we were watching slash listening. I can't say watching in the car. Um, listening. I was listening and not watching and fully focused on the road. Um, and and uh, Pastor Jack was preaching and uh, Amanda called me when she got out of church and she was like, do you want to say it or do you want me to say it? Okay. She was like, yeah, you're right. We're supposed to plant a church. God just told me. <laughs> So it was, uh, it was about that direct. Um, I think she'd been wrestling with it a little bit too. And uh, so as we move forward from there, it was kind of like, okay, now what? So now we get to the point here where we're starting to talk about um, the launch team and the lead team and, and getting people um, connected there. So um, what we're really doing, um, as I said, you know, we, as we came into the community um, here before the first time, um, we didn't know anybody, but we were engaged in church, but it's, it's hard to engage in a new, it's easier not to in a lot of times, 
right? You can say, hey, I can read my Bible, I can, I can do devotionals, I can pray, I can engage with God, but that's not the model. That's not what God told us to do. Like, we need a body. We need to get together. And so what, as we're looking at uh, Waconia specifically, we're looking really at at three groups of people. Um, Waconia is growing. It's doubled in about the last four or five years in size, um, which a lot of the southwest suburbs are, are growing as people are moving there, uh, either to there or from another place, uh, moving a little further out, um, or there's you know, quite a bit of different land out there as well. As you guys experience here, it's kind of happening in these areas too. Uh, we're looking for people who don't go to church. Uh, maybe it's because they moved. Maybe it's because um, they don't want to or never thought about it. Um, we're looking for people who have never gone to church. They weren't raised in the church. Um, maybe they were raised with a, a, a different background um, and they just never went to church. They were more of a, um, maybe a, a creaster. One of the guys I work with, that he's, he says he was a creaster. He went to church at Christmas and Easter. Um, and maybe it just wasn't something that they did as they grew up. Um, and then we're also looking for people that have had negative experiences with the church. Um, Church for us, and we've said this a really, really long time, um, church was designed, we believe, as a hospital, not as a country club. And so we all come to church with, with lots of things. And this is where Amanda comes in because she's a social worker. And so she's much more in tune with helping people and getting them resources and servicing them. Um, but people come to church uh, they may look really good on the outside, but we all have brokenness and stuff that we deal with. And we want to be able to, to direct you to Jesus, first of all, but then also to figure out how do we grow together and, and help uh, Jesus heal us as we, as we go through this journey of life together. Um, because it's possible. Sometimes it takes a long time. Um, but we can find that healing and that connection that in a, a lot of times um, we've been looking for. So um, that's sort of uh, what we're doing. Uh, we do have the name of the church, and this will be uh, kind of what I talk about a little bit today in, um, in the sermon, uh, will be Joy Church. Um, so joy, obviously, is a fruit of the Spirit, which is a good thing, right? Um, it's one of the more uh, likable fruits of the Spirit, so we're not going to talk about self-control. We're not going to talk about patience. We're not going to talk about those messy ones. Um, but as we were talking through, we went through a gajillion names, um, just talking through, oh, what are we going to call this church? And uh, Amanda, again, as a great source of wisdom, um, she said, I feel like we're supposed to call it joy. And I was like, okay, joy is cool. That sounds good. That's fun. Why? And so... Yeah, so um, one Sunday morning we were sitting at church and the pastor said, we should enter worship in joy. We should be joyous. We should be excited to be there. And I was like, yeah, I've heard that before, right? And then it hit me. I was like, wait, joy. Jesus others you. And so that was the model we've kind of created or working around. Uh, joy Church will um, embody Jesus, work with others, and grow your spiritual life. Mm-hmm. So that's sort of where we're going to go from here. I do want to ask, I want the kids to come up here real quick. Um, any, any new church, come on up. Uh, any new church, uh, as we're finding out, isn't just, uh, it's, it's not me, it's not Amanda. Uh, it's going to be the whole family because we're going to have to figure out what to do with uh, children's ministry. We're going to have to figure out what to do with youth. We're going to have to figure out 
uh, what to do with all this. So, um, and it's gonna cost us something, we know that. Um, so anyway, this is the crew, and I wanna thank them for going on this journey that God's called us to with us. Um, but they also wanted to come up and say hi, so say hi. <laughs> all right, all right, you guys are good to go. All right, thank you. All right, so um, before I get started, uh, I do want to thank Pastor Jim. Um, we've had a, a few uh, lunches together, and we've met and connected, and uh, just a, a great encouragement and uh, a great partner in, in what God is, we think, trying to do in Joy Church, um, and we really appreciate your support, um, and, and that's not just like, prayer support is number one. Um, this isn't going to happen without uh, a, a cloud of people supporting us. So if you can pray for Joy Church um, often, um, we would really appreciate it. Um, we're, tr this isn't an exact science. We're trying to figure out how to present the gospel to a community that has other churches, um, to a community that is, is pretty um, well-resourced and probably doesn't need uh, God or faith, at least they think that. And so um, we could really use your prayers um, and, uh, and encouragement there uh, as we try to figure out how to present the gospel to uh, people in our area uh, that, that need to come to know Jesus and how much he loves them and wants to see them live to not, not only their, their fullest life, but to continue um, to, to grow and, and, and enter eternity and spend the rest of eternity with him. Um, before I get going, uh, I want to pray real quick, and uh, then, we'll, then we'll get started. Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for Sundays. Thank you for um, everyone that is here, every ear that is listening. I pray that your words would, um, would catch hearts today, and uh, that it wouldn't be my words or my thoughts, but that it would be your, your mind and your uh, plan for today. Uh, we know you are good, and we know you love us, and you have good things for us, Lord. Pray that you would reveal yourself to us um, today um, as we talk through what joy looks like. Thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. So we've been talking about uh, a church and a place where uh, the intersection between humanity and the gospel exists. Um, that's we have this human condition of we want what we want and we want it now, right? Especially right now because we, we, we live in a very fast-paced society. Um, but then we have the gospel of saying, well, you don't really know what you want. Like um, God has actually created a plan for us to connect with him and move forward with him. So uh, finding uh, happiness or inner peace uh, is the, the world's language. I wish I had a nickel for every time I hear well, just do what makes you happy. Uh, or, or just find your happiness. Or, um, you know, well, you just need to get to a place where you have, you know, inner peace or all those different word, words. Um, that's human nature. We want to feel good. We want to have the emotional connection to say, well, I'm happy or I'm content or this is sufficient. That is different from joy. And so as we talk through um, kind of the, our model, Jesus, others, you. Um, the capital J is where joy comes from. 
And finding joy has been something that the Lord has brought continually back to us, which is why we're trying to um, bring that into uh, the, the church model that we're uh, rolling out. Um, we want church to be fun. Uh, we want church to be a place that people connect, not only with other people, but they connect with a God that loves them, and they don't have to walk in and worry about I've I've heard it so many times. Well, man, if I walk in that place, the, the ceiling's going to cave in. And uh, I've known a lot of people who, and I've even thought that myself sometimes. I'm like, oh, man. You know, in the early days, like, I don't know. that This could, Saturday, not a great day. I've got a lot of stuff to work through. Sunday, boom, it's never happened. So um, I'm convinced that that is not something that's going to happen. And I'm convinced that's not the God that we serve. That's not our Lord. So as we look through, I was, I was trying to figure out, you know, where, where to go with this, where to go with joy, where to go with, like, what does Jesus say about this order of Jesus, others, you? And so um, as I did, um, obviously we're called to serve Jesus first and foremost, and then Jesus calls us to serve others. So I went to the Great Commandment and the Great Commission, uh, when asked about the greatest commandment, so this is Matthew twenty two thirty six, Jesus replies, he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. So I'm like, well, that's pretty clear. That's pretty direct. God says, love me, serve me, pursue Jesus. Number one, first and foremost. Okay, that's good. Now, Jesus then gives us joy, um, because we've all experienced happiness, right? Happiness, sadness, all of those emotions, those are fleeting. Those are not permanent. Those are, uh, I, feel, I feel anxious. Well, you, you should feel anxious. Yeah, you're driving 150 miles an hour. You should feel anxious. I feel exhilaration. I feel happiness. I feel sadness. I feel all those, those are all emotions, so those are temporary, uh, joy is not temporary. That's why it's a fruit of the Spirit, because it doesn't come and go, because our joy isn't attached to anything other than Jesus. He gives us that joy, and that's how we connect with him. So I was recently um, watching the Women's Softball uh, College World Series. It just wrapped up about a week ago, and uh, there was one team in it specifically that has, they were, they've been on a crazy run. They've won like 53 games in a row. I think their final record was 61 and one. It was Oklahoma, University of Oklahoma um, softball team. And uh, their, their coach is actually a very outspoken believer. And um, last year they were interviewing her and she said, um, she's, they've also won the last three national titles, which only one other team in the history has done it. So she's also very good at coaching softball. Um, but she's, they, said, they said, well, how do you, you know, do what you do? She's like, well, you know, first and foremost, my job is to make disciples for Christ. And then I get to coach softball and, and do that too. I was like, wow, okay. Because she could have probably said, yeah, this is what I do. You know, I'm the best. Because right now she's at the top of her game and her coaching career. So she didn't say this. They're actually interviewing players, and maybe some of you saw it. I want to read this because this is, uh, it really caught me. So uh, as her players answered a question at a press conference, they were talking about, because they deal with a lot of pressure, right? They lost one game this year. So every game is pressure, and they're the defending two-time national champions. 
They live with pressure. So their solution to pressure in, in softball is they find joy in what they do. So that's what they're after. They, the, one of the players said, the only way you can have joy that doesn't fade away is from the Lord. Any other type of joy that comes from circumstances or outcomes which, which can change wildly. Joy from the Lord is the only thing that can keep you motivated and embracing what happens. In the previous championships, players said they were happy or they were excited. Um, they also said uh, it d- didn't last. It was an emotion. And so they were, they were, on, a, they were on, a, on a run. Um, it was a, a week of excitement and celebration, and then now what? And that's what happiness or those emotional pieces, that's what they do. Um, but when you focus on the relationship and the commitment to the Lord, this allows us to move to the, to the next phase, really. And so as uh, Oklahoma, as those players were able to um, actually win a third national championship in a row, they were, they were celebrating, and, and it got to a point where they were, um, the commentators and media were talking about, oh, are they showing the other team up? Because they were, they were expressing joy, because they were excited for one another. They weren't showing the other team up. They weren't doing anything wrong. But I think people were genuinely trying to figure out why they were so happy and excited, because they were supposed to win. So they're favored to win the game, they're, and then they're exciting. And so it wasn't a job. It wasn't just checking a box. It wasn't just saying, well, this is what we're supposed to do. We live with the pressure of, of having to win. and Because that's the hardest thing to do is to keep doing it over and over and over again. So, but they, they celebrated. They hit a home run, and they went crazy in the dugout because they were showing joy not only for one another, but for, for, for what God had given them too. Um, and they did this other thing, which I, I didn't have in here, but I, I remember from the video. Their uh, team slogan is eyes up. So it's really easy to be here. It's really difficult to be here because they want to keep their focus on the Lord and what he's doing and glorifying him in what they do. So that really hit me recently with like, what is joy and how do we connect joy with making Jesus number one. So Jesus is the J of joy. Um, so as we pursue him, then he directs us and he continues on. This is, so this is the next verse in verse 39. Uh, he says, and the second is, is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. So love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and strength. And then love your neighbor. That's it. We tend to, we were actually just talking about this earlier, we tend to overcomplicate things. I know it's the human condition. Maybe it's a church condition too, right? Small c, right? We make things complicated. Um, we really just, like Joy Church especially, and, and, and most churches that are impacting their community, they simplify it. They say, we love you, Jesus loves you, how can we connect and connect you with Jesus? Right? That's it. It's really simple. Um, the, the old, like, um, uh, you know, Jesus gave us a free gift. It's a free gift. It's, it's very simple, right? Um, salvation is free. Um, so as, as we're looking for um, that others components, we move from Jesus, and then Jesus calls us to love others, love our neighbor. Jesus said many times during his ministry that he came to flip the model, 
right? Last shall be first, first shall be last. Our human desire is to serve ourselves. We want to get what we want. We still act like children many times. I know that probably steps on some toes here. Um, I have a nine-year-old that just loves gritting her teeth or stomping um, still. And this is the great part about preaching and, uh, and, and being a pastor. I suppose you get to use your family for examples. Um, I'm also going to tread really lightly. Um, and uh, my, my wife had an interesting experience uh, a few weeks ago. Um, typically, adults do it in a more socially acceptable way. Children don't care. They're, they want what they want, and they want it now or five minutes ago, and they're going to make sure that you know it and everyone around you knows it. So my wonderful wife went to a restaurant that, let's say, serves foot-long sandwiches, okay? Use your imagination. She ordered online, she ordered a buffalo chicken sandwich, hold the buffalo, add ranch. Simple, right? I'm like, I'm tracking, okay. I got this via phone, by the way, so... Um, this was recorded. Um, she got her sandwich, and she had a buffalo chicken sandwich with ranch, okay? So I'm like, okay, I get it. So we've got a buffalo problem here. Okay, okay, it's a sauce problem, okay. So she, she kindly asked that the sandwich be remade, and the employee tells her no. Okay, now what do I do? So these are the crossroads we live at, right? Because... Um, as, as we get really frustrated about little stuff, maybe somebody cuts in front of us, somebody makes our sandwich with buffalo sauce instead of ranch, um, this is the human condition. You, you're just like, you know what? I should let you have it. Uh, I probably struggle with that more than my wife does um, because there is justice in this world. And when I order something or when I do something, I want it my way. And that human nature, that the you really comes out to the forefront, especially involving umpires in baseball or referees, because I am one, and it's terrible, and I totally get it, but there is justice in this world, and there's right and wrong, and we need to make sure we do the right thing. So she could have thrown a fit. She could have called the manager. She could have done who knows what. Um, however, she, went, she just decided to go down the road to a restaurant that serves cheese curds, Again, use your imagination. You may know where it's at. You may not. Um, and cheese curds probably filled in a little bit of that um, irritation, uh, hopefully with uh, some of that gooey goodness. Um, so when this happens, we don't have to kick and scream and make a point. Um, we're called to do more, right? We're, we're drawn back to, okay, when Jesus was here, what did he do? Um, he, he didn't kick and scream, throw a fit. In fact, when he was wrongly accused or got what he didn't deserve, he actually didn't say anything. He actually kept quiet. That's a really hard thing to do. Patience, probably easier than just being quiet at that point, right? Um, so we need to respond like Jesus. We need to give grace. Every time one of these situations presents itself, regardless of how I react, regardless of how any of us react, I find myself going back a little bit earlier in Matthew. And I'm going to paraphrase here a little bit. But it says, if you choose not to forgive others, then God will not forgive you. So I'm like, oh, that probably has to do with forgiveness. That probably has to do with grace. It probably has to do with mercy. It probably has to do with love. That, that snowball rolls downhill real quick. And so I'm constantly sobered 
by, you better give grace here, buddy, because you know you need grace too. You better give mercy here because you know you need mercy too. You better be kind here because, uh, again, I I ref basketball. You're gonna blow a call every now and then and uh, if you get what you give, easy. You know, you may not like that so much. So um, it, it really, it always, in the back of my head, I'm always thinking like, ah, take it easy. You need grace. You need mercy. Be kind. And so as, as we look at this, I, let's move back to other people being selfish. Let's stop talking about me. I'm, I'm getting convicted up here. It's much less convicting to talk about other people being selfish, right? The problem with children, when they don't get what they want, is they don't care. They don't care where you're at. They don't care what you're doing. If I had a nickel for every conversation I've had where there's screaming, crying, making a scene, and you're like, just stop, right? I'll give you whatever you want, just stop, and we need to just like move on from this. They don't care because they want what they want and they don't care who's there. They don't care how they do it. They're gonna get what they want. Now, adults do this in a little more socially acceptable way. So they usually don't throw tantrums. They, they usually say, um, well, mm, I'm going to stop talking to that person. Um, I don't do that to my wife. That would be wrong. I don't, I don't just stop talking and shut down. That would be terrible. That would not be healthy. Um, but we do a lot of different things. And we, always, we have constant like, connections. We have constant distractions to take our focus away from Jesus. Um, It always comes back to us. So as we fight this battle, we want to bring the focus back to us, and we need to identify that. So as we're going through this week, I do this with our daughter quite a bit, and part of this is because I just, it's, it's what I have to do too. Why am I mad? Why am I angry? Why am I sad? Why am I... Whatever those emotions are, right? Especially if it's negative. Um, if, if it's happiness or excitement or those things, that you, you usually don't have to ask yourself why you're feeling those things. You just enjoy it until, you know, five minutes later when things change. Um, but we have to identify and actually think about why am I feeling a certain way? Especially when it's bad, right? It's negative. It almost always comes back to I'm not getting what I want, Right? And that's a Jesus and me conversation that doesn't have anything to do with me and my wife, me and my kids, me and my coworker, me and the person that sits down the pew for me. It has no, the car in front of me. That is not a, why, why am I mad at this driver in front of me? It has nothing to do with them, regardless of whether they cut you off or rear-ended you or what happened. It has nothing to do with them. It has to do with that connection with Jesus because we are drawn to act not like Jesus as humans. I know that's shocking, right? Has anyone been cut off this week in traffic and probably said some words, right? Um, I don't say mean words. I I say descriptive words. So uh, they're acting that way, and so that's what I say. It it doesn't go over well in the car. So um, I need to also work on that a little bit. So there are so many distractions around us that take our focus off Jesus and put it back on ourselves. 
because again, I'm not getting what I want. We have jobs, we have kids, we have bills, we have relationship, we have marriages, we have a laundry list of everything that wants to take our focus off of Jesus. So we have to keep our eyes up. We have to keep Jesus. Jesus gives joy, and he's got to be that J of joy, the capital letter. And so this is the human condition. We live in the tension of always having our humanity pulling at us to put ourselves first and in the seat of importance in every facet of life. This is all good to talk about and understand. However, it's very tangible to our everyday life to put it into practice. So this week, I've done this with other things as well, and sometimes we need like triggers. We need good triggers, right? We have lots of bad triggers. Again, the vehicle cutting us off or someone saying something not nice or um, you know, something not going our way at work, uh, whatever that might be. Maybe it snowed and it canceled our trip or something went wrong, whatever that might be. We need good triggers. So this week, when you get frustrated, upset, ticked off, put it through the filter of why am I so furious? Why am I so upset? Because why am I screaming at the car in front of me? Like, especially if I'm in the car by myself. Like, that's like borderline insanity, right? <laughs> I'm screaming at a car in front of me that can't hear me and has nothing to do with me. And I'm in a car by myself talking to no one, right? And probably answering myself at the same time. Why am I mad at my spouse? I have to think about this one a lot. Why am I mad at my spouse? It's because I'm not getting what I want, right? So when I actually bring that question up, why am I frustrated because my team didn't win? I know there's some Indiana folks in the crowd. My family will attest when Indiana basketball loses, I'm not much fun to be around. And I know it, and I still keep doing it. It's the worst because I'm a human and I just can't help myself. Because it's frustrating because I could clearly coach or play or do something better to influence that game, right? I have nothing to do with it, but I get frustrated and my family suffers because my team lost. Maybe it's the Vikings for some of you. Maybe it's another team. Um, maybe, maybe it's the Packers. Well, that definitely needs prayer if, if you're, yeah, yeah. But when you probably come to the conclusion after asking yourself, why am I screaming at the car in front of me? Why am I mad about this? Why am I so frustrated? You're not getting what you want and you've put yourself in the most important place in your life. Allow this exercise to reposition Jesus back to the front and yourself back to the place that we should put ourselves, right? So, as we think that, as that trigger happens, we say, oh, okay, hold on, eyes up. Like, Jesus, I just put myself back on the seat, back on the throne, back in the seat of importance. I'm not number one. There's one thing in this life that I'm sure of. He is God and I am not. No doubt. That one holds true no matter what. We can talk about all the rest of these pieces. Eyes up put Jesus back on number one spot. I want to leave you with um, Paul's words to the church at Thessalonica. He says this. He says, brothers and sisters, we urge you 
to warn those who are lazy, encourage those who are timid, take tender care of those who are weak, be patient with everyone, so that no one pays back evil for evil, but always try to do good to each other and to all people. Always be joyful. Never stop praying and be thankful in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Amen. Don't go anywhere. Oh. Uh, Amanda, could you come up here, please? We just want to uh, pray for you and encourage you. Uh, why don't you stand in the middle here? Yes. Well, thank you for sharing about that, that solid principle of keeping Jesus first. Jesus wants us to look for others, but he also wants us to develop ourselves in Christ and mature in so many different ways. Uh, we like to say around here that Jesus makes uh, life better, but makes us better at life also. So this is what God has called you to do. I understand that um, this fall is going to be maybe your, your core group. You're going to try to collect some students from Crown, some people in the community, and that's kind of how church plans start. They, they, they recruit a kind of a, a core group before they launch publicly. And so probably this year you'll be recruiting that core group and discipling and building into people before you maybe launch later. We'll just see the timing, timing of God. Yeah. Uh, this is what I know, that, that Christ and God is always looking for courageous people who will be obedient to the call. Uh, you wrestled with this call, um, and God put you in circumstances that land you, of all places, Waconia, Minnesota. A lot of people, families are growing out there. They need a dynamic couple like yourself who's willing to be obedient. We know that um, Paul expressed it in Ephesians 3.20, that our God is able to do immeasurably more than what we could ever ask for, imagine, according to the power that is living within us. Uh, that power lives within you. So I want to encourage all Faithbrook and attendees, would you stand with us as we kind of close and pray over the McDonald's and their, their vision, their heart. Lord Jesus, uh, thank you for coming to our world. Thank you for seeing how broken we were and that you were willing to give of yourself all the way to the cross and you rose from the dead. Now, God, you call us as Christians to be willing to answer that call to be your your hands, your heart, your voice, your witness, especially wherever we're at. And so we just pray a, a special blessing over the McDonald's as they navigate, being parents, being faculty, uh, and also trying to be a pastoral couple <clears throat> to the people and the families in Waconia. God, would you just bless them and help them? Uh, may you just draw people and resources uh, to them to grow that little core group eventually have the confidence and just the, the um, strategy to, to go public and invite as many people as possible. We love the journey that you've helped them to be on, to mature them and grow them, and we know you're going to do amazingly more than what they could even imagine according to that power. We pray that power in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you. Thank you for being our guest today. Enjoy your Father's Day. Grab some treats on your way out, and you are dismissed.